Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy even in infertility. Hey friends, welcome back. So you may have noticed already on your episode slider that this episode is just a little longer than usual, but I promise you it is so worth it. I love celebrating first and today is a podcast first. Other than my husband, I have never interviewed a guy on the podcast. And today I have a guy, his name is Ryan, and he is talking directly to your guys, your husbands. He also talks a lot to us ladies, so don't worry, you will get something out of today. A while back, I ran across a blog that Ryan wrote, and it was just ways that men could help their wives through loss. And it was so good, and I just had to have him on so that he could share just what he's learned through his journey. And so I'm really excited for us to get to what he has to say. So we're gonna jump in quickly to get to the good stuff, but let me give you some background first. My conversation today is with a friend of ours, Ryan Cole. You may remember back in episode 20, I interviewed two friends, Kelsey Cole, which is Ryan's wife, and Allison Brown about both of their heartbreaking losses at 37 weeks and just five weeks from each other. It's such an incredible episode, so definitely go back and listen to that when you're done. But today, I wanted Ryan to talk directly to the guys, and he did just that in a way that only a guy can, real and raw. There's some really, really difficult stuff that the guys have to be ready to be a part of that we're pretty much never told we need to be a part of or ready to be equipped to be a part of, if that makes sense. Like this was not in our premarital counseling at all um, to sit and seek and wait with my wife on things that we can't fix, we can't do, we can't force. Oh, there's so much truth in just that little, little bit. So I know many of you ladies are going to listen first before asking your husbands to listen to this. But if this is the moment when your husband has joined you or husband, you're listening on your way to work to some random girly podcast your wife asked you to listen to, I just want to say thank you. The fact that you love your wife so much that you are willing to listen to a podcast or read a book or do anything to better your marriage to be the best you you can be for her. That is huge. There are so many men that would never even press play. So I just want to say thank you for taking this step towards your wife in the middle of your infertility or in the middle of your journey through loss. And in honor of that, I'll be quiet and let the conversation begin. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Can't, I'm so excited. So, so, so excited to be here. So you're, I went to say earlier, you're our first guy, but actually my husband Jay has been on. So technically that's not true. Ah, uh, come on. <laughs> but no, you are the first, <laughs> the first guy that's not my husband speaking directly to men, which is a first because Jay uh, was not doing directly yeah. to men. So welcome. Gotcha. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, well, if if there's women listening to this, should apply to both. Yes, of them. I think. Let's so. be honest. Well, it's yeah. going to be the woman that says, "Hey, husband, here you go." Hey, listen to this. Yes. <laughs> Let's make this a togetherness thing, right? So listen to it together. So we're going to give know. you a second to pause and go find your husband and sit together, snuggle up, and listen, listen in. <laughs> there you go. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Oh, and I need to preface this. Ryan is actually the husband of a previous guest. If you guys remember, Kelsey and Allison came on, what was it, maybe a year episode ago? Episode 20. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, about a year ago. So mm-hmm. episode 20. Thank you for, for yep. knowing the episode yeah. number. I got, awesome. I got all the um, research done. You're good. You're good. <laughs> 
so um you'll so you'll, you'll share a little bit more about your story but you are kelsey's mm-hmm. husband so go ahead yeah so uh kelsey and i just yeah you can check out episode 20 um and we'll get to that in a second but you know from if you're, if you're picking this podcast up new kelsey and i my wife obviously uh we've been married almost 10 years this august uh, we met in Kansas, in Wichita, of all places. I grew up in Colorado Springs. Uh, I, I joke and say that I had to spend nine years in the plains of Kansas to find my beautiful bride. And then um, I brought her back to Colorado Springs, where we now live. And I said, see? There's awesomeness here. It's really pretty. <laughs> Kansas now, Kansas sunsets and the people. I love Kansas. I really do. Yeah, there um, are really pretty sunsets. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, if God ever called us back to Kansas, we would we would wrestle with that for sure. But um, anyway, we so we live in Colorado Springs. We live on the west side, which is the best side because it's close, actually close to the mountains in the mountains ish. Uh, we have a six year old. Her name is Kennedy, and she loves to sing and dance and everything Frozen and now Frozen Two. Uh, thanks a lot, oh, Disney. Frozen Two, Trump's uh, Frozen yeah. One. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely, way better. Um, but if I hear Into the Unknown one more time, I'm going to freak out. So I love it. I love that. It's just just one of those things. Uh, My wife, she works for a ministry uh, on on the West Side called the Navigators. Many people may know that ministry. Um, They used to do a lot of they do a lot of college ministry, and she works specifically for Glen Erie Castle, which is a really cool conference and retreat center that they have there, dedicated to the Lord. And so they get to really kind of walk people through different situations and events. We've gone to amazing marriages, marriage conferences there. And um, so she works as a wedding coordinator there, has um, an amazing job, throws beautiful, beautiful weddings. And I am now the COO of our ministry called Four Known Ministries. Mm-hmm. It's led by my wife, Kelsey, and a friend of ours, Allison, that you can go check out in that episode 20. Um, it, we'll probably get to this part of our story in a little bit, but um, that's kind of what I'm working on is that ministry aspect of what we're doing. And basically what we do is we help men and women, mainly women, but men too, in pregnancy and infant loss. And part of what we're going to talk today about is obviously our infertility journey. I said we've been married for almost 10 years. Um, we are currently on our sixth pregnancy. So that is a huge part of our story. And if you do the math, I said one six-year-old daughter, but we're on our sixth pregnancy. So there's a lot there. Um, And so we're really walking in expectant faith (laughs) that number six is going to um, be born on earth. Our pregnancy count, I guess you could call it, is um, our daughter. Kennedy, who's six. Um, we had one stillborn son who was born at 37 weeks, and we've had three miscarriages in our 10 years of marriage. Wow. So needless to say, it's going to be an awesome party when we do get to heaven. Yes. Uh, but on the, on this side of eternity, it, it has been a struggle. The, the biggest difference in our story right now, as it relates to infertility issues, um, we lost our son at 37 weeks. Mm-hmm. We went in on a Friday um, and had our very last ultrasound scheduled Friday afternoon just to check for the weekend to make those final preparations to go in Monday morning at the 6 a.m. time or whatever it was. And um, my wife, because of health issues, um, our doctor has been involved in all of our pregnancies pretty extensively. And so, you know, we 
um, have always been kind of watched like a hawk. And so we were really joyful, really expectant, really excited going into this last thing. We're just, it's just, let's just tick this one off and we'll just, um, go to this, um, uh, appointment and we'll deliver on Monday and everything will be fantastic. Well, God had different plans. Um, uh, we went in and they put the little puck on Kelsey's belly and, Two ultrasound, two technicians, a nurse, and our doctor later confirmed that uh, unfortunately our son um, decided to be born in heaven instead of on earth, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of skipped this whole world. So that was uh, the kind of the start of our journey um, of a really, really, really difficult time. Obviously, you know that's when the the rug gets just yanked out from under underneath you. Um, I'm recording this with you in what would have been his bedroom that is now kind of over the years kind of progressed back into an office setting. Um, and it's that kind of stuff where you just don't know how your life is going to get turned upside down on a moment's notice to go from just the total high of having a child, the expectant high of having a child be born on Monday to, um, having to, for me, walk my wife through going home that day, that Friday, and having a, a C-section on Saturday. And that is a really, really difficult place for obviously her. Let's just call that mm-hmm. what it is. But for me, it was also excruciatingly hard because I don't know what she's feeling. I don't know what she's doing. And particularly what you and I want to focus on today with the men's journey, you know, um, you, you can go listen to a little bit more of our story on that episode 20 with uh, Kelsey and Allison and why we created the ministry and things like that. But for me, I just have a huge heart for the other side of the story, which is there's some really, really difficult stuff that the guys have to be ready to be a part of that we're pretty much never told we need to be a part of or ready to be equipped to be a part of, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like this was not in our premarital counseling at all. Um, to sit and seek and wait with my wife on things that we can't fix. We can't do, we can't force, we can't, you know what I mean? Like we just, mm-hmm. we just have to <laughs> kind of wait. So there's a whole lot in there that uh, I'd love to unpack with you. Um, but that's kind of where we are right now is we're sitting in expectant faith that God is going to continue to bless us and bless our family and grow our family. Um, but yeah, it was about, um, uh, I'd say 18 months of infertility between our, um, son's loss and where we are two years between our son's loss. We did actually lose a baby, um, between then and now, but we've been waiting in this expectation for about 18 months. And that's just, it's been a rough road kind of sitting and waiting month after month for 18 solid yeah. months, you know? And, and the fact that you've lost, you've lost another child since then and now you're pregnant again uh-huh. and she's not that far along. So I know uh-uh. you guys nope. are really trying to walk that road of faith versus fear, but I know mm-hmm. we've talked a little bit about that, but before we kind of get into your, your conversation about the guys and how they need to work through this with their wives, yeah. how are you guys doing? Cause I know so many people experience that <laughs> after a miscarriage and you guys have experienced the worst of the worst miscarriages. I feel like that's I feel like that's a whole nother category Mm -hmm. when you experience, Mm -hmm. you know, your days away. Um, Mm -hmm. How are you guys? Well, we had to walk, you know, part of that story that we have is walking with another friend that, that Kelsey worked with at the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, 
that also weeks highlighted apart. everything. That was actually, it, yeah, it was weeks apart. Um, it was a blessing, honestly, because they, frankly, they, <laughs> as hard as this is to say, they went first <laughs> and then they kind of gave us the playbook. So we had help in that. But from our journey now, I mean, it's, it is hard. Um, I, I kind of relate it to, so we are about, I think we're roughly in the 10 week mark right now. Um, we, you know, texted our doctor, our, uh, Kelsey texted our doctor, um, and he was super excited for us. You know, we have gotten really close with him. Um, it's interesting to say we, because it is a we situation, you know, it is technically her doctor, but a, he's awesome, which some people out there might say, wow, you know, a female with a male doctor, some people can't reconcile that. I I think it's a gift in our marriage because I can have some honest conversations with him. Um, and at no point is it weird for me. I've had conversations with men. They're like, Oh, there's no way I would ever do that to me. I, I my husband does not love that. Yes. He's one of those crew, that crew. Yeah. And, and I, I so 100%. Yeah, no, I respect it. I totally respect it. And I totally understand where they're coming from. For us in our marriage, it is such a gift for me to have somebody that mm-hmm. I can have honest conversations with. I remember um, having a, a sweet moment with him before going in to deliver our son, our stillborn son, you know, as he's scrubbing in and I'm getting prepped and all that stuff. There was a sweet moment there that it was just he and I and Jesus, and it's he's a believer too. And so it's a lot of that stuff where I'm so glad that God is in that. Um, wow. But it's one of those things where, you know, we told him we, we, we felt like she was pregnant. <laughs> the morning we found out that we were pregnant, it was kind of funny. Um, Kelsey just kind of felt funky, and she was like, Ryan, can you come here? And And I was like... Uh, yeah, sure. Let me put down these 45 things that I'm doing. It's just one of those weird moments where I was not even in the mentality, you know, not granted, we've been trying for, like I said, 18 months. Right. So I knew that like, you get apathetic, I think a little bit sometimes. Cause you're like, okay, a period's going to happen any day now. And we're going to have to go and deal with those emotions all over again. This is the 18th time in a row that we've had to do that. And I was kind of like mentally prepping to get there. Um, and she goes, Ryan, come here. And um, because we had ovulation kits all over the house and HCG test strips everywhere and pregnancy, you know, kits on top of pregnancy kits because we had just been trying for so long, she took a HCG test strip. And sure enough, there was two blue lines. And we didn't totally freak out, but we were like, okay, all right, hold on. This is like middle of the morning. We've done this before. Let's wait till the next morning. And we'll take another pregnancy test. And sure enough, we took a real pregnancy test. And yeah, we we were pregnant. And then we took another HCD test. I think all said and done, I think we went up to six or seven just to really confirm that it wasn't like a fluke, right? That it was the, – the strips were telling us what <laughs> it was supposed to happen. Yeah, we went to our doctor and he was – you know, she texted him right away. He was way excited um, because of our story, because of our background, because of our relationship. He's like, come in as fast as you can. So we went in about I guess probably the five-ish week mark and they actually did a pelvic ultrasound and we got to see a heartbeat that early. And that was just so amazing to, for all of us to just be way elated that this is happening. Um, We have had another ultrasound since where I didn't have the peace and the excitement 
you know, um, that whole day, I think it was maybe last Wednesday, um, where we had an ultrasound scheduled on a Wednesday, but we couldn't see the doctor on Thursday. Cause you know, their calendars are so tight. And so trying to sneak us in at the end of the day, um, we had a male ultrasound technician at that point, which is totally different and probably where I'm going to side with Jay on that. It was kind of freaky weird to have a male ultrasound technician do a pelvic <laughs> ultrasound. It was, I wasn't ready for it. Like I was just going in to try and see my kid's heartbeat. Um, and then I don't remember his name comes out and I, we had to have a chaperone, all these different, th- it was just, that was funky to me. I, that was, that, that was harder. That was harder than, than having a male OB. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Sorry. But um, <laughs> for, any, for any male yeah. ultrasound techs, we, we yeah. support we your career love, decision. We, we love, love you. <laughs> you. He was really good at what he does. And our OB actually affirmed him the next day. What'd you think of, I don't know, Steve? Um, and we told him, we said, you know, he, he, he doesn't know our history. And so you over... Um, think pretty much anything everybody says when you're in the building. So when he is taking a little bit longer to measure this, or if he isn't going straight for the heartbeat to get the picture to, um, you know, he's messing around with the uterus pictures versus going straight in. Let me see that heartbeat, man. I got to see the heartbeat, you know, that kind of stuff. Like that's not on him. That's on us. And as a believer, it's really hard. Like I spent all that day, kind of with a, with a with a fog over my head. I know the scriptures to pray. I know that God loves me. I know that Jesus is with me. I know that um for all intents and purposes God wants his kid more than I do, you know? Like I know all the things to tell myself. But in that moment sitting down waiting for the guy to show me the heartbeat, it was rough. It was probably the roughest 30 seconds minute. I remember just sitting there just praying, Jesus, 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 let me see your heartbeat, please. Um, on my end, there's, I'm going to talk in, in a little bit here if we ever get to it. And I stopped telling my story um, <laughs> <laughs> about something that I call um, the threefold sting. And for, for guys, there's a threefold sting. A, I want the child. B, I want my wife to be happy. And C, I don't want to have to deal with the repercussions of walking my wife now through the backside of not getting what she deeply yearns. And I deeply yearn too, but it's something that we, you know, after 18 months of going through that, where you just, you don't want that threefold sting. You know, I don't want to lose another child, but God is greater than who I am. And God wants this child more than I do. And I have to wait in the expected faith that he's going to do and, and live out the promises that he gives us through his scriptures but also through the Holy Spirit. And we just really feel like we're meant to be parents of multiple children. And that will happen in one way or another. We just have to wait on his timeline. And we just have to really have the faith that he loves us and he cares for us. And he's walking in in and with us through all these different situations. Well, I know we, I feel like we could talk forever about the depth of what you are, you guys are experiencing. Cause you're not, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that would not come on and do something like this until after nine months was up. Like, let's mm-hmm. get the miracle in our hands. Let's get, mm-hmm. let's get the answer to our prayers safely, mm-hmm. safe and sound in our house. And then I'll talk to you about my feelings and, and what, what God's done and right. who he is and how great right. he is, but you're doing it like 
still in the middle of a very fearful time. And, um, there's just a lot, a lot with that. And so thank you for being vulnerable through that. And we're just, we're going to be praying over that baby and praying over you guys and anybody (laughs) listening, just, just please join us in that. Yeah, I I will definitely welcome that. I'm not going to turn any prayers away right now, you know, but also one of the things that we do is going kind of a little bit back to the story in Hebrews, right? Like you have Hebrews 11, all these people, right, that had to live out their faith, but they didn't actually get Mm -hmm. the promise that you and I have on this side of the story of Jesus, Yep. right? And so these are opportunities where we get to trust in Jesus, you know, and Hebrews 12, one and two says, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, like they were talking about, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the rights that is set before us. Having a nine month pregnancy is excruciating. Mm-hmm. I'm so kind of grateful we have nine months, but really I'm like a let's go tomorrow type guy. And um, I don't, I don't really want to wait nine months. But Jesus is the one who's helping us because the rest of that verse is looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I pray we get to have this child. I really do. I don't really want to add another um, miscarriage to our, our list, and I don't really want to go through that again. But then again, we never do. We never want to go through 18 months of infertility. We never want to go through um, the news that that we have friends that ha- got news that they will never be able to conceive. There, it's like a 0.002% chance or something ridiculous like that. We never want the news, but we do want the opportunity to test Jesus in our faith. We don't really welcome it though, right? Our church is through in a series called Dangerous Prayers, and that's a dangerous prayer, right? Yeah. Test oh, yeah, my faith, sure. right? Like mm-hmm. test... Test me, Lord. And really, when we lost our son at 37 weeks, it was only Jesus that we really could turn to because we were both just destroyed. I mean, utterly destroyed. And I'm so thankful that um, we got to go through that. I don't like the outcome, but I think on this side of eternity, we're just really never going to know. And if if this podcast, if this helps one person, it's really hard for me to sit here and say that it was worth it. But if it helps somebody else understand that Jesus is everything and he can walk you through all the things that to me can be worth it. And it can be the light after a dark situation in our, in our life and our testimony and our story. And I pray that people understand that and people get blessed by it. And I have to walk in that, you know? Yeah. It's like what um, Becca said in last two weeks ago's episode, she said, you know, we're never, we're never excited about suffering. We're not like, oh, yeah, bring right. it on. Like, let's have another miscarriage. Right. Yeah. But it's our choice when that happens because we live in a broken, sinful world and our bodies are broken and this mm-hmm. just the world we live in. It's our choice whether we allow God to do something in and through us or to let it break us and destroy us and ruin our faith. And um, mm-hmm. so it's our choice. And you have chosen. Well, yeah. We're going to, we're going to live this out. I mean, we're going to live this out. We're going to do it publicly. It's just, that's who Kelsey and I are. Um, we are a family of extroverts, which means this child is probably going to be an introvert. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but my wife and I are extroverts. Our daughter is hundred percent extroverted, but you know, um, you know, our pastor Craig Rochelle said this week, what if God's greatest blessings come from the greatest breaking? Mm-hmm. And 
it's really hard for us to sit there and say, we, we think that we read something like that and say, the blessing is the child. What if the blessing is the intimacy that we get to experience with Jesus through the breaking? Mm-hmm. And that's really a hard place to be because we yearn for something. And, and women, I understand that you yearn for a child. Guys, we yearn for our wives to be happy. And we yearn for what uh, we yearn for children too. Don't get me wrong. But more than anything, I think what we yearn for is the happiness of our spouse and to experience a life full of blessing and full of the opportunity for us to go and be and experience this life with full abundance and full joy, right? That's what we all want. That's what weddings are all about, right? There is this, you know, the sickness and health part. Well, we talk, we kind of glaze over the sickness part and get to health real quick. But there is so much blessing that has come to my marriage because of the hardness that we've experienced. And I encourage any guy out there to realize that if you're going through a difficult time, if your wife is going through a difficult time, if you have had the fourth miscarriage or whatever it is, um, there's more to life than just you. There's also your spouse. And we get the awesome opportunity to lead our spouses through that. We just happen to live in a world that doesn't really talk about it a whole lot. We live in a world where um, mm-hmm. you were asking me some questions. I forget the question that you asked specifically, but you were saying, um, uh, where is it? So many women are leading the grieving process. Like that, mm-hmm. like really kind of convicted me a little bit. And I think when it comes to infertility, yeah, a lot of women do lead the grieving process because frankly, you are the one yeah, grieving that's mostly on more. Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. More than, than guys are. Okay. I, I can't tell you Kaylee, what my wife experienced carrying a 37 week child. Now knowing that that child had died and is in heaven and has to carry that child for at least the next 12 hours before he can deliver that child. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I literally am not built to emphasize, um, empathize with what, not emphasize, empathize with what she went through. Mm -hmm. I, I, I cannot expect that, you know, as guys, we sit there and we say, okay, all right, all right, cool. You're pregnant. So, um, we're going to give up drinking to support you. We're going to give up, um, you know, cafe right now I'm drinking decaf coffee. I hate everything about it right now. You know, (laughs) our house is just, yeah, serves no purpose, but I'm just trying to trick my brain into realizing that I'm drinking coffee that somehow is keeping me awake. Um, that's not really what God's talking about. Like making your body's living sacrifice. Like, that's just like, (laughs) that's like cute that you're doing that for your wife. That's not what y'all carry as women, going through a day in and day out nine month journey of carrying this child within you. Everything affects you and this child on the infertility side, the, the, the yearning that you have to have a child, to be pregnant, to create a family, to build a family, those things, I think go all the way back to Adam and Eve in the, in the Bible, right? Where, you know, Adam turns to the ground and Eve turns to her husband if we guys don't turn around and turn to our wives and lift them up, that's when the statistics get really rough mm-hmm. for us. And that's when our marriage is really, really to go down a, a path where you don't want it to go. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen uh, more times than I want. So the reason why, and you're, you're referencing it now, the reason why I contacted you is because you wrote a blog directly to men, how to mm-hmm. help your wives. 
through mm-hmm. miscarriage. And uh, one of the things you wrote was shocking to me. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be, but it, it was pretty, it was a pretty big deal. You said the leadership and support that you provide your wife right now will either tear you apart or push you together. And that may mm-hmm. sound overly dramatic, but you're in, and you said you're in a dangerous season. If you had a miscarriage, you're 20% more likely to get a divorce than parents that had a healthy baby. And if you had a stillbirth, that jumps to 40%. And I love what you said. If you don't process and look at this season as a potential big deal in your marriage, then you're missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little harsh. So, it's a little. It's a little yeah. jaded. I mean, it's a little. It's. I'm talking to guys here because when we had our our retreat last year, I remember um, Allison uh, Allison's husband, his name's Jono, and I do a session on Sunday morning called the Male's Perspective. And so last year at this, at the, for you, our known retreat, we had 34, 32 women staring at us saying, cool. Like they really crave this information. So guys be encouraged that your wives actually want to learn what you're going through and what your perspective is. Um, but I remember this one, um, lady in the back left corner, um, to be specific. Um, she kind of like raised her hand and she said, this is all conceptual. It sounds great and stuff like that. But like, what do I tell my husband when I go home today that I, need more time to heal after 12 weeks. And some really bad words kind of popped in my head that I really kind of wanted to say to tell her husband and stuff like that. Like, like don't be a jerk and stuff like that. But guys, we just don't have the capacity to, to emphasize, like I said, emphasize, emphasize, emphasize. Why is it such a hard word? I don't know. (laughs) Empathize. I want to emphasize that I can't say empathize. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. I got to find a different word to say, right? But we just aren't equipped, we'll just say that, um, to to know what they're going through. And if we sit there and say, well, we're going to fix it. We're going to go through this. We're going to make our wives better. You know, um, that's not a thing. We have to be servants of our wives in these seasons. We have to really take the time to say, how can I best serve you? So that blog that you're referencing um, gives some practical examples of how we actually can do that. Um, because I wanted to give this person some actual things that her husband could do to serve her. And and I really hope that, guys, if you go read the blog posts that I'm sure you'll put in the show notes and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you, you don't sit there and say, well, this is all great and fine and good and it's conceptual. These are actual practical things. I say you need to cover your wife in prayer. Because, guys, we don't pray for our wives enough. Let's just call that spade a spade. I'm, I'm challenging you to pray for your wives more because we can all pray for each other more, period. End of story. I'm not praying enough for my wife. Um, Jay's not praying enough for you. I'm going to call him out on that too, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> but it's one of those things where we just we get so stuck on self that we don't pray for other people. I think the amount that Jesus was praying for us and is interceding for us right now. The second thing we really need to do is we actually need to share with our wives. And this is hard. Men and feelings, we don't actually go hand in hand. But if you don't kind of at least attempt right now in walking through either a miscarriage or infertility or things of like that, things of that nature together, what that looks like together, what you're feeling, then you're you're gonna miss something. I can remember um walking through some really hard conversations with my wife, when it, when it was going through the infertility journey, you know, um, stuff like the ability to have a little bit more level head than my wife at times, she's going to kill me for saying that, but there becomes a point where you have to know in your marriage, what level you're going to walk through. 
right? Like what, when are we going to throw in the towel and realize that maybe being parents isn't for us? Maybe being natural parents isn't for us. Maybe adopting is for us. Maybe fostering to adopt is for us. Maybe fostering is for uh, for us. Maybe, you see what I'm saying? Like as men, I think that we're called to kind of keep a level head, but you have to graciously and gracefully walk your wife through what is that predetermined level of pain going to look like. And, and I know you've talked to many women that have probably experienced that, right? Yeah. And, but at this, and like you said, gracefully, because I think that's the immediate response. And I, I mean, I think we talked about this when Jay and I were, were going through it. He went there really quickly in the beginning. Okay. So like, mm-hmm. if this doesn't work, we'll just foster to adopt. We'll just adopt whatever it takes. We're going to have kids. Don't worry. We'll have kids. And right. There's that's a that's a little bit of that fix it mentality on y'all's side of like yeah, yeah but we know 100%. the we know the answer like we're gonna get there don't worry we'll get there but it may not be how you want but we'll get there and it's like no there's right. you can't just skim past the idea the, <laughs> the fact that God put inside of us that we would like to yes. carry a child like that is yeah. that's in us um, well and and there's something that happens to a woman when 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 a doctor says you cannot have kids and it could be it could actually mm-hmm. be on the male. Right. Like, like after our son, we went through a whole round of testing to make sure that we weren't carriers for anything weird. It was like this seeking the why phase that I call. Right. So we always want to know the why. I really did a great job trying to protect my brain and kind of guard my heart against going for why. But then we got tested. We found a reason, but it's not the why. Right. So our son had um, three is called chrysomy. 12. So he had three 12th chromosomes or whatever. Downs is like three on the 21st chromosome. So there's a reason why that happened. And the medical science behind it says that um, trisomy 12 is a non-survivable um, mutation of the chromosomes or whatever. Mm. Okay. Mm. Thanks. That doesn't make it any better. Like I have a reason why he didn't survive. Right. But the why, I won't get on the side of eternity. But guys, we have to understand that our wives, are they were built to carry children. And it's something that in this culture that we live in in the United States, that that's the thing, right? You get married, you have kids, and you have a life ha- happily ever after, right? For, for us and our journey, we have experienced more about Jesus going through our journey than I ever could have if it would have happened that way. So I have to look at that silver lining to it. But I also have to realize that as a guy... I do want to fix the problem as fast as humanly possible, but there's so much that comes in that waiting that we can rely on Jesus to kind of walk with us. And guys, what I'm telling you is that Ephesians 5.25 says, for husbands, this means love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. So what does that mean? It, It means to pray with her, pray for her without her knowing, to share what you're feeling with her, you know, to seek her you know, and to serve her. That's what that means. And if you don't know what seeking means, check out the love languages. It's easy. Know your wife's love language. It's not that hard. Um, you, she should probably know what it is. So you could ask her, but really in this, let me make it easy for you. Words of affirmation, an act of service in this particular season, if you're walking through this and listening to this podcast are usually the two right? Because mm-hmm. you have to compliment her, you have to encourage her, and you have to frankly just serve her. You have to be there with her and do things for her. That's an, a practical application because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've we've had it. We've gone through it. We've done physical tests. We've gone through it all. And the thing that I think that kept us together was 
we're going to get through this and together is the way that we get through this, not apart. And that has to be the center of everything. And sometimes I have to come to the table with the, Hey, remember when we talked about this, we said that we weren't going to go down this particular path. We tried foster to adopt. We looked into it, frankly. And, um, the meeting was just horrible. My daughter was just, I, I don't know if she just was off that day or what, but it, she was bad. Uh, everything, the whole situation went poorly. And really what I think, I mean, my daughter said something to my wife in the car after we left that she is never, ever, ever allowed to say again. I'm not even going to repeat it. And I don't know where that came from, but it just really was this really dark meeting where it was like, oh my goodness, this clearly there's something here that's not for us. Wow. And again, uh, w- let me be clear. This is just not for us at this time. Um, if people are doing foster to adopt, I, I, I support it. I think the foster system is kind of broken. And I, I, you know, we looked into adoption too. I just don't have an extra 40 grand sitting around type thing. But, but all I'm saying is, is that became a very clear picture for us that foster to adopt probably wasn't in our cards right now. And I'm very grateful for that because experiencing 18 months of, of infertility month after month, you know, people started telling us some stories about fostering to adopt and, you know, yeah, you could get a a child dropped off. I I had a a guy that actually worked with me at that point. His first adoption fell through um, because in the state of Colorado, they have up to seven days, I think, to change their mind. And on the sixth day, she changed her mind. And so all, all of that, and, and I really felt like God say, do you, with what your story has been with your son, do you want to go through that? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, Mm -hmm. he built some people that can handle that. I don't think in where we are in our marriage and our life, our story, we can handle that right now. And that's, that's something that I had to come to that realization. And then I had to tell my wife, and that's also hard to gracefully lead what that looks like and kind of lay it all out. It's not forcefully, gracefully hear that because forcefully is the thing that we kind of, we see on TV a whole lot. Like, no, we're going to do this. That's not biblical marriage to me. That's not how it should be. We're supposed to be equally yoked and do this together. So it's a leadership thing where we're supposed to take our wives along and say, I think we should probably head over this direction, but doing it, in a graceful way with your forever partner has to take a lot of time and care and empathy and acceptance and prayer and the ability for us to walk down a road together that I might be 10 steps ahead because I'm a guy and I'm a fix it guy and I want it to be perfect guy. And I want my wife to not be hurting kind of guy, but she needs that time to, to get there. And those times are really hard, and I think that that's where we as guys can take some time to really pray and really seek the Lord on that because we want Him to do the work. If I try to do the work, our marriage is going to fall apart. But if Jesus does the work, that's off of me, and that's on Him, and He really wants to take care of her more than I can even imagine. Well, so I want to talk about a little bit more about the getting help, and because when you said that, mm-hmm. I, I started to think like, what if? Okay, so what if they're just not on the same page? So I want to talk about that. But right. before before we get to that point, I know you talked about this is a joint process several times, and so you've talked to the guys about what they can do. So, from a man's perspective, from a husband's perspective, sure. what can the wife do to help 
because like we said, they, they're carrying this a lot of times on their own. I mean, if the, if we didn't mention to our husbands that our periods just started, we got a negative test or it didn't happen this month, mm-hmm. you guys would never know. You would just continue Absolutely. moving forward and think four months down the road, Hey, have you had a period yet? Like nobody would think about that. Right. So how, yeah. so what are some things that a wife can do to help bring her husband along? Yeah, those are great questions. To me, it's one of those things where you have to, it all goes back to, I think the emotional aspect of it, right? We, we, we don't, we, we do not know that you're having a period today that I know because there's the, the, the bag of stuff comes out and sits next to the, the, the toilet, right? Like, Oh, okay. I need you ladies to bring me in and along in your journey and what you're processing and your pain. Now, guys, I have to tell you, that's going to be really hard to hear. And it's going to be something that's going to be total counter to, and if you haven't done this your whole marriage, and you probably haven't, um, it's something that we really don't know how to handle the information that you want to give us. And so there's some awkwardness that happens like right away, like, well, I'm feeling this and you're going to want to fix it. And I don't think that we're supposed to fix it. I think we're supposed to listen to it. And I think we're supposed to pray about it. We're supposed to let Jesus heal her. Right. Um, I, I don't think that we're supposed to sit there and try to say, there's some practical things that'll come up. I'm sure I need you to do the dishes or I just feel like this house is a wreck. Oh, okay. There's some practical things that I can, as a Mr. Fix it, go down now do. I can, I can pick up after the house. I can go do grocery shopping. There's practical things there. Again, going back to the whole service of your wife mentality. Um, but really, ladies, what I need you to do is I need you to bring me in that journey and I need you to tell me what your pain is like. Why are you experiencing this pain? What is it that you're really saying through the pain? Um, that will take longer than a 10-minute conversation. That's going to take, I don't know how long, but it's going to take moments of intimacy, intimate conversation that you know is just carved out. Some of the best conversations I've had with my wife are not the five minute conversations. They're the multiple hour long conversations that you frankly don't want to have. It's like that stuff when you you're saying, I don't want to go to church today. Cause I just, I'm tired and I worked out hard and I'm just, I don't really want to go to church. I don't want to go to worship, you know? Um, but when you go, it's such a blessing for your life and your, in your marriage, but seeking, those hard conversations and putting it on the calendar to say, hey, on this day, we're going to, we're going to be awkward and uncomfortable and we're going to pursue each other with a level of intimacy that is so open and so honoring to each of us that we, um, we have to get through it. We will pursue each other and we'll do it. You know, it's that opportunity for us to go deep together that no guy really wants to do, but it's such a necessity to keep your marriage mm-hmm. together. So I would say carving out the, the, the time for them and making sure that you have it, you know, um, schedule a weekend, you know, when we lost our son, we, uh, couldn't be at our house anymore. So we got in our car after the funeral and all the things and we drove, uh, to Kansas actually. And, um, there was just a lot of sweet seat time, you know, staring out at the plains of Kansas, going to our friend's house. And even then, um, I got to process with a good friend of mine. She got to process with a good friend of hers that are a good couple, um, that we have. And, they're in, they're in for our marriage. They want to be 
stronger and better. And that's really what we want is we want both parties to be willing and open and the ability to open up together. It's a huge communications juggle. It's awkward. It takes you years to do that. There's a reason that when you have marriage mentors that are 60 years old, they can tell you stuff like this because they've been fighting it for 40 years at that point or something like that, you know? Yeah. But it has to happen if you want to stay together as husband and wife. And I encourage you to get, you know, a marriage mentor or just seek out other people that have gone through it because that's how we're going to get how are you going to get through it Yeah, together and that's, and separate, that's where you know I'm mean? heading. That's where I was heading next, yeah. but I do want to add on to what you said a little bit. I know we were talking to the, to the ladies there, but to the men, just as a wife's from a wife's perspective, um, since it doesn't come natural for you guys to want to know, like emotionally, how are we doing? And, and dig, you know, ask that question. That's the open-ended. I'm really asking you this, not just how was your day. Um, I would right. encourage you to, to, literally set a reminder on your phone. However often you want to do that, however often you feel like your wife needs that. Um, if you can't remember to ask those questions on your own, then do that. I know Jay years ago before we had our, our kids and we were working and we were just really busy and Jay's just a very structured, very, he lives on a to-do list and Mm. it's not my, my, love language is physical touch. Like I want him to hold my hand. Mm -hmm. I want him to like touch my back as he walks by and just, you know, hit my shoulder and like, like basically, Hey, I see you when you walk by, when I'm walking by Right. and acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't (laughs) something that was natural to him. And so one time I picked up his phone and there was a reminder on his phone, like a, like a, like a, what do you call it? Reoccurring reminder. And it said, touch her. And I was so mad that he had to set a reminder to be this. I was (laughs) much younger. Like, how dare you have to be reminded <laughs> yeah, to touch me? Right, and, to touch you know, me. it was a big yeah. thing. But later, yeah, but it's later, I, yeah, it's intentionality and it's not yeah. his strength. And so he wanted to do it to honor me and to serve me in that way. And so he did. He set himself a reminder every day to, to touch me wherever he was. We worked together in the same office. He would stop what he was doing and go up and connect with me. And mm. so I like it now I just look back at that and like, that was so loving for him to do that to yeah. me. And so, um, I would just encourage you to do the same thing, like set a reminder, you know, talk to her, ask her how she's doing. Because I think the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles that we have as women is like, he doesn't want to sit down and talk to me for an hour about my emotions because he's not built that way. So I'm not going to bring it up. And I don't want to always be the one to bring it up and to be that emotional drain. And so for you guys to initiate that for us, it's such a big deal. Yeah. And I think, well, yeah, on the flip side, on the guy's side, don't ask ended questions, like uh, close ended questions. That's the thing. How are you feeling today? Good. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Bad. Uh, okay. What, uh, uh, what was one hard thing that you experienced today? Mm-hmm. Um, are, you can't even ask questions like is today, a good day or a bad day. It was a bad day. Yeah. That's real okay. quick. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that? I mean, cause it's just not going to happen. And, and I, that's actually, that kind of goes both ways because I think when you are in a grief situation, like we were after our son, you know, I can ask my wife the same question. Like, how are you doing today? Fine. Awesome. Good mm-hmm. talk. I'm going to go back watching football or whatever it is. But other questions like, what was one good thing that happened to you today? And the reason I, yeah. I really want guys to focus on that and, and women to focus on that is that there is goodness that's happening. And this was one of the things that we had to experience and kind of hold each other accountable to, which was what was a good thing that happened today? If Jesus doesn't want us to grieve to the extent that we want to grieve, if Jesus is in this with us, then what is a good thing that happened today? Yeah. 
okay, what's a bad thing that happened today that, or not a bad thing, but what was a hard thing that happened today? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And those are better than those close-ended questions. Right. And since you're saying all that, Ryan has just agreed without me asking him to write up a few questions that you guys can ask your spouses oh, and I will put those on your, on the show notes. Cause those are also good. So thank you so much for yeah. doing that. for us. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. Yeah. Let me make, I'm going to make a note okay, of it right thank now. You. We're not a piece of paper. Well, we, before we have to jump off, cause I know like, like I said, we yeah. can just keep going. I want to, two things. So Forever. you yeah. mentioned getting help. And so if you're like a marriage mentor or even a counselor, I know you're a big advocate of that too. What, like, I don't know, just talk about that for just a second about if they're stuck or if if the wife is listening and say, listen, if I gave this to my husband, he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even press play. Like he's not going to listen to this because he's just, he's just not that guy. And so, but you, but they're stuck. Like, what would you encourage them to do? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, and don't yell at the guys. Be put, nice. Yeah, put it, put it on. Um, just play it when they are in bed and they have no. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that we guys get really kind of stuck on ourselves more than we probably realize. And when it comes to things like this, and it comes to marriage specifically. I'm so thankful to be married. I'm so glad to be married because I realize that the world doesn't revolve around me. (laughs) And when we go through hard times like this and we have to be a support and we have to be a support in grief or in a difficult situation like infertility, now we get to grow a little bit further in the fact that not only does the world not revolve around us, but the world affects or has effects or we, we are built to support our wives in these difficult situations. And so I think it's one of those things where that's why I had to have a marriage mentor, a really good friend of ours. Um, his wife actually just texted. He unfortunately has has passed since then, but they were our marriage mentors that went through this, um, mm-hmm. went through our, our marriage before. He passed uh, the the fall before my son passed. So his, his wife is now continuing to minister to my wife, and I get to go find another mentor. And I have. And that's one of the things where you're going to have people in your life that want you to be better than who you are. Guys, coaches, come on, all day. Mm. We've had a thousand coaches when we were in sports. Some of the best relationships and some of the most deep conversations I've ever had were with sports coaches because you're in between a set or you're struggling. You know, for me, my sport was ski racing. So go down the mountain as fast as you can. That's There's a lot of fear involved there. So there's a lot of tricks and and opportunities for coaches to mentor you you cannot go through this life without a coach and i don't think you can stay together in your marriage without a coach we use the term mentorship let's let's ladies you can just say we're going to get a marriage mentor you can call it a mentor but go get a coach kelsey and i when we were first married six months into our marriage we were visiting with a counselor because we were fighting and we didn't know how to communicate and I come from a high-performance-driven family. Uh, my parents unfortunately divorced when I was 23, so I got to be in the kind of in the middle of that well, storm yeah, a little bit. Rough. It was yeah. so rough, but I I took some of that into my first years of marriage, not knowing that. And my wife, her parents are still together, and they're amazing, you know. And so you have these two different 
situations. And again, my parents are amazing. And, and since then we've all healed and stuff like that. But it's one of those things where without that counselor, we'll call it a counselor. It's a coach. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I couldn't be where I am today and have the level of love in my marriage without somebody else kind of challenging me to say, Hey dude, you can't think that way. You got to hold that thought captive. You know, you got to keep going. It goes without saying, but I feel like we need to say it anyways. This is a podcast focused on Jesus and following him. So whatever counselor, coach, mentor you find, that's kind of crucial in my, in in our perspective, because, because if you go to someone who believes that, well, you guys just fell out of love and you don't really love each other right now. They're going to give you different advice than what somebody believes that you're in covenant with God in your marriage. And you can make it through this. God has, God has allowed you guys to be together and you are together forever. Um, they're going to coach you differently. And so make I sure- would also encourage you if you have friends like that, that say that get rid of them. I'll, I'll, I will stay. I will put that stake in the ground right now. If you have friends right now that are saying, "Oh, he doesn't love you. He doesn't honor you. Um, you should go find someone else, or you should, you know, maybe this is the D. This is what we're talking about, like divorce, right? Like it's you're twenty percent more likely to get a divorce than people had a normal happy baby. If you had a stillbirth, what Kelsey and I experienced, that jumps to forty percent. If I tried to do the math, we should be divorced by this because we've had so many different um, mm-hmm. unfortunate opportunities to walk through this, right? But by the grace of God and who Jesus is the center of our marriage, that is not an option. Mm-hmm. To me, experiencing my parents' divorce late in life was a, a light. It was a good thing because for me, not for them, but for me, because I, I got to experience the fact that these two people didn't really fall out of love. There's pride. There's all these different things. There are worldly people telling us to do things because the world just wants happiness. I don't want happiness. I want holiness and I want what Jesus wants in my marriage and for my wife. And if you have anybody telling you out there, oh man, I'm so sorry that, you know, um, your wife cannot have a kid. You should go get another one. That's garbage. Yeah. Because you should always, 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 please hear this, men and women, walk towards each other. Because the only way that you're going to get through this life is together with Jesus. Ryan, I know you guys do a conference every year for, well, I just want you to talk about it. I want you to tell, tell them about it because it's coming <laughs> up in just a few weeks and there's still space. So I want you to, to tell yeah. them about it. The For You Are Known retreat, we have it every year at Glen Erie Castle. Um, and this is the second year we've, I say every year, this is the second year we're having it. <laughs> it's one of those things where, ladies, this is particularly for you. Um, Kelsey and Allison do this three, two and a half day intensive conference. You fly in Friday, you're at the Glen Erie Castle, which is beautiful. It's amazing. Um, we really highly encourage you to stay on property, which is, it's really inexpensive. And really what you get to do is you get to, you get to connect to community. You get to connect to life. You get to find out other women that have gone through what you've gone through. And really the, the biggest benefit is to really experience Jesus walking with you in your loss. It's so heavy, but it is beyond good. And so if you, if you are out there and you've lost babies before, um, you know, we, we last year we had, um, people that came that have had multiple miscarriages like we did stillbirths, infant births. Um, we've had um, moms and grandmas come and bring, um, people last year. We actually had a lady surprise her friend with a trip to the retreat and walked with her in it. 
because we believe at Foreknown Ministries that there are th- four levels that we focus on, the men, the stillbirth, miscarriage, and then obviously the third is, uh, the fourth, excuse me, is walking other people through it, because this country, kind of what we were just talking about, we don't do grief well, and we don't support others well, so we really encourage people to look, look at this retreat. It's the For You Are Known retreat. It's April 3rd through the 5th. Um, it's in Colorado Springs. So if your listeners are throughout the country, jump on Southwest, go to Denver, get an Uber, drive down to Colorado Springs, or fly direct into the Springs. Um, it's really awesome. They talk about the truths. They talk about redefining your joy. Rejecting lies is a huge one. Battling for the future. And then I have a fantastic session with Allison's husband, Jono. We do dive into this men's perspective a lot more on Sunday morning. Um, and so, yeah, if you're if you're in Colorado Springs, the commuter registration is only $122, which covers the conference meals, some cool gifts. You get a counseling session there. And, of course, you get that community connection oh, to wow. Jesus and people like that. So it's really inexpensive. It's a Glen Erie program. We do the content, but it's actually through Glen Erie. So the link will be through to the Glen Erie website, but it's huge. It's amazing. It is one of those weekends that you will come out of and go, wow, not only did I get to experience Jesus, I got to heal a little bit. I got some practical steps on how to continue to grow in my faith and in my healing. And it, it really is one of those things where we really encourage people to look at because you know, we, we all are going through this journey together. So why not connect to people that are just maybe a little bit further down the road than you are that are still, like we said, like my wife walking in it as we speak, you know, um, it's really, it's so good. It's so, so good. Brian, thank you so much for coming on. I, I love that. So our story is (laughs) my husband went to college in Florida his roommate was a guy named Shay. Shay moved to Colorado Springs, yep. moved in with a, in a couple named Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey and Ryan. <laughs> and years later, that um, his wife, Shay's wife, connected you guys, me to Kelsey. Kelsey came on, and then you guys visited us a few months ago in Kansas City. And now y'all are a part of our church in Colorado Springs there. Yep. And so I'm just really grateful that our, our lives intersected because of a old college roommate. Um, we're super grateful yeah, for awesome. you guys. and what you guys are doing with Four Known. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. So we're part of Life Church Colorado Springs launching April 5th. Um, we're so excited for yeah. Life Church to continue to expand and grow and share the gospel. And we cannot be more excited about what God is doing in Colorado Springs, in Northland, you know, in, in the world. You know, yeah. we know that um, it's good. It's awesome. So if you don't know Jesus, you should check that out too. That's a totally different podcast. <laughs> totally different one. Yes. We covered a lot here. Marriage, counseling, church, friendships. Yes, yeah, we covered exactly. a lot. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to cut this down to 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. We definitely bombed the 30 minute limit here. We did. I'm sorry about that. You guys are awesome. Uh, we're so blessed by your ministry. And so Kaylee, we're, we're so thankful for you. So thankful for Jay as well. And, you know, we're, we're so thankful for all the listeners out there. We know that you're in the middle of a story. It's not the end. And so we really pray for every, every person listening here that, that God continues to show you, show you what your journey looks like, what your story looks like, who Jesus is to you. It's going to be different. No two stories are the same, but we're so thankful for everybody listening. And I, I for one, am so thankful for you stepping out in faith and starting this podcast. And it's been a blessing to Kelsey and I and a whole lot of people. So thanks, Kelly. 
man, I am really praying that this is a game changer for you guys and your marriages just all over. Ryan said it so well, so I'm not going to repeat it all, but I just want to leave you with this. And I may have said it on here before, but we have an enemy that wants to destroy anything that points people to Jesus or honors God. And if we want to do this infertility thing well, if we want to do this marriage thing well, Satan wants to destroy it. So don't let him. He sucks. And he's just mad because he knows he loses in the end. So recognize, number one, if your marriage is struggling because of the stress of infertility or loss, recognize that. And number two, recognize that the enemy is trying to destroy it. So link arms with your spouse and kick his butt. This is not a battle between the two of you. It's a battle between the two of you and the enemy. And number three, get help doing that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with getting help. Get a counselor. Jay and I go to counseling. Someone told us once, it's like changing the oil in your car before it breaks down. We want to make sure we are in a healthy place now, not when things are really bad and we don't know where it went wrong. Get help. Or maybe for you, it's taking a look at the foreknown retreat and maybe attending, making a way for your wife to go so that she can experience some much needed rest and healing that she desperately needs. And guys, please don't let listening to this for your wife be the end. I want you to go home, ask her what spoke to her most in this conversation and actually talk about it. Go to our website, joininfertility.com and go through those questions that Ryan so graciously wrote for us. And I can't wait to hear the stories of life change and marriage change that happens because of those conversations. And as always, thanks for listening and sharing the podcast so more women can find joy even in infertility. And if you're in the podcast club, the question should already be in your email. I'll talk to you later. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Joy and Infertility podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.